voice. Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 6. The book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 6. And would you stand with me in honor and reverence to the reading of God's precious word in Deuteronomy, chapter number 6. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that you might do them in the land whither you go to possess it, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God, to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that you may increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. And when thou walkest by the way. And when thou liest down. And when thou risest up. We'll stop reading there. Deuteronomy 6 verses 1 through 7. From this text I want to preach on this thought. Teaching the next generation. We have a responsibility to be teaching the next generation. Father, would you help us this morning to preach your word in the power and in the demonstration of the Holy Spirit of God. Father, would you help me this morning? Would you cleanse me of sin? Would you empty me of self? Father, you will not feel a dirty vessel. Father, would you be pleased to fill me with your spirit that I might share and speak the oracles of God with an ability today, Father, that only you can grant. I cannot, but you can. So, Lord, here I stand. It's me again needing your help again for this moment. And, Jesus, I know you'll supply my need. For it's in Jesus' name I pray and ask. Amen and amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. How many kids do we have here today? I want you to put your hands up. I want to see a kids, your kids, your children, children, children. Okay? Put your hands back down. How many today parents do we have here? Put your hands up. I want to see parents. Put your hands back down. How many of you are grandparents? Oh, that's good. How many of y'all are great-grandparents? I can't say that, but I can say today that I am a child. I'm the child of Roy and Sandra Waldrop. Some of y'all didn't raise your hand, but you are a child, amen. Amen. And some of your mamas and daddies is looking at you right now like, why didn't you raise your hand? You may be 38 years old, but I'm still your mama, amen. You should have raised your hand. Some of you have got people looking on from heaven. Some of you, your parents and your grandparents. I'm preaching to you today that our job is to teach the next generation. In this text, God is giving instructions to Israel, to his children, about their national welfare. And right in the heart of these instructions, he starts dealing with the home. 
May I say that a home or a, a, the nation is no stronger than the homes that are representing that nation. And the war today that the devil has lost an attack. He has leveled the artillery of hell against the family and against the home. Are you feeling it? Do you see it? Do you recognize it today? And um, my grandfather, uh, on my daddy's side, he dropped out of school in the sixth grade. And the reason he did was there was a medical issue in the family and he went to go raise the, the fields and all of the crops for his brother who was sick and his brother had children. And so my grandfather in the sixth grade dropped out of school that he might go be a blessing to others in his family. In his family Bible or in his personal Bible that we have in our family, his E's were still made upside down and backwards. He may not have been able to write and do everything he needed to do, but honey, he understood the Word of God. In the day and age in which we live now, I'd recommend to you not dropping out of school. But I'll tell you the danger that I'm seeing. I'm seeing parents that are dropping out. The responsibility of raising up their children and teaching them in the precepts that God has given. Three things real quick and we'll be done. Number one, in verse number four, I want you to see the great revelation. The Lord, our God, is one Lord. <laughs> what a great revelation. There is no other gods beside Him. There's just one God. The Bible says in Genesis 1:1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. You may say, Preacher Darren, prove there's a God. It'll be e easier for me to prove there's a God than for you to prove there's not one. The Bible says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. That's Psalm 14:1. So the great revelation is there is a God. Number two, what is the great response? Verse 5, we're supposed to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our minds. We're to have a response. We ought to have sincere love. We're to love Him with all of our heart. There should be a burning, passionate, blazing, on-fire love that we have for the Lord God. Then we're to have a selfless love. We're to love Him with all our soul. You know what your soul is? Your soul is who you really are. Your living, breathing soul lives inside your body. This old body's going to lay here and die one day, but the soul's going to move on to an afterlife depending on what you've done with Jesus. If you're saved, you're going to heaven. If you're not, you know where you're going. Your soul is yourself. That's who you are. You're to love Him with all of yourself. There's to be no area of my life that has not been committed to Him. I am to give Him the keys to every room in my house, all of it. There's no closets that are locked. There's no something I've shut off to him, amen. I'm to have selfless love. Then I'm to have a strong love. I'm to love him, look what the Bible says, with all my might, not mind, with all my might, what the text says. Anything less than loving him with all of my strength, with all of my emotion, with all of my finances, with all of my resources, anything short of that is not worthy, listen, of the one true God that I'm talking about. So my response should be a selfless love, a sincere love, and a strong love. Thirdly, and I'll be done this morning, 
I want you to see the great responsibility found in verse 7. We're to teach these precepts, these commandments, we're to preach these diligently unto the children. We're to talk of them when we sit in their house. We're to, we're to have them always on their mind and always on our heart. Hey, now, now you're holding your place here. I have a verse of scripture that's important to me. It's been a verse that I've claimed, and I've, I'll be honest, I'm holding God to this verse. You may say, Pastor Darren, you can't hold God to a verse. Why can't I? It's his word. He spoke it. It's a promise to me. I have a, I have a verse of scripture that I hold God to. Would you all like to know what it is? I've never shared it with the church, but I'm going to today. It's in Psalm 112. Turn there. Psalm 112. And I'm coming back to Deuteronomy. Psalm 112 and verse number 2. This is a very important verse to my Bible. It's underlined. It's highlighted. I'm holding God to this verse. I want you to find it. I hope they can put it on the screen today so you can see it's very important. If you don't, if you, if you don't mind underlining in your Bible or highlighting in your Bible, I'm asking you to take this verse to your heart. It's not name it and claim it. No, no. It's taking God and holding him to his word. His seed shall be mighty upon earth. Here's my promise. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. You know what that means? God promised that if I'd serve him and raise my children in the fear and admonition of him, he promised me that he would bless my children. That's what my Bible says. Brother Kenneth, God promised he'd bless my family. God promised he'd bless my grandchildren. Amen. My desire for my kids this morning is not that they would be wealthy. It's not that they'd be famous. It's not that you'd be praising them. But my desire is that they love God and they'd serve the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you here, you think your children are gifted. Not everybody. How many of you here think your grandchildren are gifted? Every grandparent in the house said, absolutely. Well, I'm going to ask you another question. Would you like to have a gifted child? Not everybody. I don't know what's wrong with y'all. I want my children to be gifted. How about you? Would you... I need somebody to help me today. Preacher Darren, I want my children to be gifted. It's a doable thing. What do you mean, Preacher Darren? I want to mention some gifts that you can give to your children from this text today, from the Word of God. You know the first thing I think you ought to give your children is you ought to give them a, an exceptional example. An exceptional example. Now, my Bible says in Proverbs 20, verse 7, you don't have to keep up. The just man walketh in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. You need to give your children a godly example. They're going to learn more from your lifestyle and your choices than they're going to learn from your words. Did you know your children already know that you're not perfect? And if you try to get up in front of your children with a pretend perfection, then they see you as a phony. Your kids want to know that you're not perfect. They want to know that you're real. 
They want to know that you're genuine. They want to see how you handle your imperfections. They want to see how you handle your mess-ups, how you get through them. I want to ask a question, parents. Do you ever mess up? Four people. Do you ever mess up? Your children see that. And when you mess up, they want to see how you clean up the mess up, how you deal with the mess ups in your life. There was an old farmer one time. He couldn't afford food. He couldn't afford seed. He, he, his wife was sick. His kids needed tuition to go to school. And he decided he was going to rob a bank because he was desperate. And he'd never done anything about it, but he saw it on the movies. He read something about it. So he went and got a rusty old gun. And he went and got a paper sack. And he wrote down a note, and it says, Don't mess with me. This is a stick-up. Give me all your money. He drove down to the bank. He parked in an inconspicuous place. He went up to the teller. He was all nervous. He got confused. He handed the teller the gun. He pointed the bag at her and said, Don't stick with me. This is a mess-up. <laughs> we all make mistakes. Our kids want to know how we handle our mess-ups, how we handle our failures, how we handle our problems. Give your children a godly example and it will be more to them than just mere words. May I say this? What are you interested in in your children? Are you interested in their grades? Are you interested in their activities? Are you interested in their sports? Are you interested in their ability, in their popularity, in their health? I'm going to ask you a question, parents. Who is teaching your children character? There is not a class in any school called Contentment 101. Who's teaching them courage, courtesy, discernment, fairness, friendliness, generosity, gentleness, helpfulness, honesty, humility, kindness, obedience, orderliness, patience, persistence, self-control, tact, thankfulness, tidiness, wisdom. Who is teaching your children these things? You are. Give them a godly example. The second thing you need to give your children is an expression of unconditional love. An expression of unconditional love. In Proverbs 4, 3, I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. Now, unconditional love doesn't mean that you give your children everything he wants because that's not really love. True love is not really giving someone what they want. It's giving them what they need. I may not accept you for what you do, your misbehavior, but I do accept you. Your children need to know that you love them unconditionally so that when they do misbehave, when they do have a problem, when they do have a failure, that when they come to you with it, they can trust you with it and that you're going to listen to them and you're going to help them handle it. May I say today, they need to know, they need to sense that no matter, no matter what I have in my life, my mother and my daddy, they love me unconditionally. This love is not merely words. Stand up, Luke. 
Sometimes it has physical attachments to it. Sometimes I embrace him. My daughter the same way or my granddaughter especially. I may hug him. You may say, Preacher Darren, I just don't believe in hugging my children. You children may say, I don't believe in hugging my mom and my daddy. I'm telling you, you study what psychiatrists and, and all the, what's going on in the world right now, not every contact is a sexual contact, but children that don't get contact will end up with problems later on in life. That's a proven fact because mama and daddy withheld that physical contact, that touch, that love. Hey, my God lays his hand on his children and he blesses us, amen, to let us know that he loves us. He doesn't just tell us, he shows us, not just by the cross, but every day. Amen. We need to have physical contact and love on our children. Can I remind you of a young man known as the prodigal son who said to his father, Father, I want my inheritance. And he went out and he wasted it all on riotous living. He came back out of the hog lot of sin. And he came back to his daddy. And when he did, that boy that had been in sin, that boy that experienced a failure, that boy that had done wrong, when he did, the daddy ran to where he was. And my Bible says he kissed him. The word means he kissed him and 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 kissed him. He didn't stop kissing him, amen. I'm telling you that no matter what that boy knew, my daddy loves me no matter what. I saw a bumper sticker. You ought to write this down. Kids need hugs, not drugs. If you don't teach them about unconditional love, Somebody else is going to teach them about love and it will be a problem. Your kids need affirmation. One of these days when God gives these children uh, their own families, they're going to emulate your example. You think, well, preacher Darren, their problems that they're dealing with are not so big compared to my problems. They may not be big compared to your problems, but it's big to them. And what's big to them needs to be big to you. I can remember when Shelby's cat died. We had a funeral. I preached it. I wept with that girl. It was one of, she could still talk about it. It was one of the saddest days of her life. Their fish, some of their fish died. We had funerals for their fish. We, we talked about breakups of, you know, grade school love, puppy love, boys and girl that we talked about and they cried and wept and, and, and we just loved them and embraced them and we was always there to try to help them honey may I say today that you have a heavenly father that knows what you need and he offers you unconditional love thirdly I want you parents to give your children some excitable or exciting encouragement the Bible says in Proverbs 3.26 the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot. May I ask you a question, parents? Do you bless your children with encouragement? You must regularly, consistently encourage your children. And when you do, you're instilling in them confidence. And confidence is so needed in the life in which we live. Did you realize when you encourage your children, you know what you're doing? You're really blessing your child. Many of you, you pray every day. And you know what you pray for most? First thing you pray for, the most, 
the, what you pray for the most. What you do? You say, God, bless me. Father, will you bless me? And what he, you may say, preacher, Aaron, I don't pray that prayer. Yes, bless God, you pray that prayer. Lord, would you help me? Lord, would you bless me? You pray that prayer all the time. And your Father answers that prayer by giving you encouragement. May I say today, your child, just like you need a blessing from your heavenly Father, your children need a blessing from their earthly mother and their earthly daddy. They want you to bless them with encouragement. Ooh, ooh. Last night, we were having the back-to-school bash. We had about 30-some, maybe 40 people here. Is that about fair, y'all? And... Um, uh, they were there, they were stuffing backpacks, and they were over there working. And, and I, as I walked in, we have two flare pots in front of the, uh, the, the Family Life Center over there, and, and they've got uh, flowers that are called impatience. And they've not been watered in a few days, and they look like this. And both, both buckets were just bowed over. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to water those flowers. Got plenty of help in there working. So I went and got the water hose. And I drug it down, and I got to that first bucket. And I was watering those that were wielded over. And God said, you know what you're doing? You're giving encouragement to these flowers. And more importantly, you see how these flowers are. And they're wilted and they're dry. But why don't tomorrow you go to church and you give your church some encouragement? Why don't you water the flowers and give them a good encouragement? These children need encouragement like your flowers need water. If you water your flowers at home, why don't you spend more time giving encouragement to your children? Now there is a difference, hear me, there is a difference between praise and encouragement. Sometimes when you think you're encouraging a child, you're really praising a child, and be careful of that. Sometimes you may go in, I hear this all the time, son, I'm so proud of you. You got all A's. Son, I'm so proud of you. If you hadn't hit that shot or got that rebound or made that steal or forced that turnover, we would have lost that game. May I say this morning that what you've just told your child is, Dad's really proud of me because of what I do. I got A's. I made a play in the game and won the game. But what happens when he doesn't do well or she doesn't do well? Then they're going to sit back and think, oh boy, I didn't get all A's. I'm afraid to talk to my daddy. Because what you did was you praised them, but you didn't encourage them. When Luke first took off to college and Shelby too, both of them came back that first semester with grades that were far less than what we had seen before. And they were looked at me and said, I think I can do better. I said, you know what? I saw you studying. I saw you doing your work. And I saw you. I believe you tried. But you got a lot on you right now. You, you've, got, you've had to move away from home. You're away at school. You're trying to learn priorities. You're trying to figure out when to wash your clothes and when to study and when to go get a pizza and when to hang. You're trying to figure that out. And if this is the best you can do, I want to tell you something. I love you and I'm behind you. And they knew that it's okay, my dad's okay to come to him with a bad grade because he knows it's going to be okay. Son, we may have lost that game one time. He, Luke came over in the game at the end of the game and he said, Dad, what else can I do? I've done everything. I said, Son, sometimes you have to tip your hat to the other team and say, 
they played better than we did. But I want to tell you something. You gave it everything you had. And for that, I want to tell you that I love you and I appreciate you. And son, your best is never not enough. You need to learn the difference between encouraging your students or your children and just praising them. Encouragement says, I love you. I'm grateful for you. Not because of what you achieved, but because of who you are. Bill Glass was a former football player who became an evangelist, a prison evangelist. He went into the prison and he said to the men that he preached to, how many of you in the prison today had a father who told you, you'll never amount to nothing and one day you'll be in prison? Over 90% of men in prison raised their hand and said, my daddy told me that I'd never amount to nothing and one day I'd be in prison. Shame on you that you'd tell your children such words and not give them words of encouragement. God has always been there to offer me a word of encouragement. Isn't that a blessing? What about fourthly, some excellent instruction. The Bible says in Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Now, you want to give them wise instruction. You want to give them good guidance. You, but the thing is that, that this instruction must be joined to training. We have a football coach back here. Coach, how many football players are going to play football because they read the manual? None of them. You know what the football players are going to do if they're going to play football? Training. Practice. Hard work. Getting, what time do y'all go to work sometimes in the morning, in the summertime? Eight o'clock in the morning, sweating it out, grinding it out, training. My grandpa's a bear hunter, right? Going on to heaven now, but he always was a bear hunter. He had them old bear hunting dogs. He had to train them. Do you think he said, here, Fido, Google this and report back to me and we're going to chase that 600-pound bear out of the woods. How many of y'all realize that it's not in just reading the manual that's going to get the job done. There must be training. Parents, training is hard. It's difficult. And yes, some, well, you look at me. Sometimes you mothers that are here, you've got a little one. And man, that little one is, oh, oh, oh I would have messed with his hair. And I'm like, you know, and you're like, I don't, I don't know why I go to hear him preach because I don't get anything out of it because I'm all the time wondering about my kids upsetting somebody else. Well, I want to say to you mothers, God bless y'all and you daddies. Thank y'all for bringing them to the house of God and putting forth your best effort. I'll never get upset with you as a parent for bringing your kids to church and trying to teach them about Jesus because you're training them and one day great will be your reward. Can you imagine what my parents had to put up with me? Luke, I'm going to tell you this one time and I'll never speak of it again. But one time, when we were at Zion Baptist Church in Bluff, North Carolina, the preacher was up preaching about David and Goliath, and he had preached over an hour and a half. I'm doing good. <laughs> and I finally went to sleep, just a little fella, and he got to shouting and running and shouting, shouting. And I jumped up and I said, Daddy, that man woke me up. Now, how many of y'all know that was a bad thing to say to the preacher? <laughs> And my dad, I thought, boy, he's, I've, I've had it now. And my dad just grabbed me, took me outside. He didn't spank me or nothing because 
He knew I was right. <laughs> say what you got to say. Do what you got to do. Move on with it. Amen. I just want to preach it there. What are you preaching? Listen, how many of you think it's a disgrace that they're taking the Ten Commandments out of our schools? How many of you think it's a disgrace they're taking Ten Commandments out of our courthouses? How many of you can name the Ten Commandments in order right now? Or Seth, he's trying. Keep going. Number two, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make any graven image. Number three, do not take the Lord thy God in vain. Number four, Sabbath day. Right? Fifth, number five, honor your father and your mother. Number six, thou shalt not kill. Number seven, no adultery. Do not commit adultery. Number eight, thou shalt not steal. Number nine, thou shalt not bear false witness. Number ten, thou shalt not cut it. There's one. How many of the rest of us can do that? Oh, preacher, that way. It's amazing that we're upset about it being taken away, but we're so upset we don't even know what they are. How am I doing, Mama? How am I doing, Daddy? I challenge you to go learn these things from the Word of God. Give them excellent instruction. Train them. Fifthly, you need to exact some restrictions in their life. Preacher Dan, what do you mean? Proverbs 6.23, Re the reproofs of, ins of instruction are the way of life. You set goals for your kids, you need to give them limits, limitations, restrictions. Preacher Darren, limitations are a bad thing. That's what society says. But the Word of God says they're the way of life. Those restrictions and those limitations actually set us free. Parents, you need to quit trying to win popularity contests. Quit trying to be their buddy. Quit trying to be their friend. You need to set up some restrictions. You, you don't need to make a lot of little rules. You just need to make some big ones. How many of y'all remember Adam and Eve? That's God's children. He said, you can partake of any of the trees of the Garden of Eden except one. He had one no. The tree of knowledge of good and evil. One no. Everything else was yes. He had limitations and restrictions. May I say right now that if you set limitations and restrictions for your young person, they will push against them. And the reason they push against them is to see if they're real. And if they move, they don't respect you. And they will find somebody else in their life later on to set limitations and restrictions for them. Could be a prison, could be a drug, could be some wild thing out there that's going to set restrictions for them. I thought about this as I was studying. At my home, Luke, Shelby, we had two big rules at my home. My daddy said, no dishonesty. You don't lie to me ever. No matter how big it is, no matter how bad it is, I'm old enough for you to handle the truth. Tell me the truth. He could not stand a liar. And I guess that's one of my problems as well because Luke knows and Shelby knows too. Don't lie to me. Tell me the God's honest truth. Okay? The second thing was don't be disrespectful. Especially to your mama. My daddy said 
That's your mother. You don't disrespect her. And if you disrespect your mother, you disrespected God that made her. You're disrespecting your mother. And thirdly, you're disrespecting me because that's my wife. And nobody disrespects my wife, even if it's my son. Amen? There wouldn't be a Darren if there weren't, if there weren't a mama. Amen? That's the way it was. You have to exact some restrictions in their life. Sixthly, you need to have an extraordinary ear to listen to them. Proverbs 18, 13. He that answereth a matter before he heareth it, it is folly. You must be willing to listen when they want to, want to talk. You know what I found about my two children? All afternoon long, I'd pick them up from school. We'd go home. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten o'clock, eleven o'clock. They ain't got nothing to say. Don't want to talk to us. Teenagers. But somewhere around midnight, when I'm tired, middle-aged, wore out, ready to go to bed, they come in and say, hey, can I talk to you a minute? This God, you had all afternoon to talk now, but now it's 12 o'clock and you won't talk. I never did that to them because me and my wife thought, we got liftoff. Pray, God, this is good. Give me more. And we talked to them from 12 to 1 o'clock in the morning sometimes. Well, preacher, Darren, you should engage them and get them to talk earlier. You get your children to talk, right? You No, you be ready to listen when they're ready to talk. My heavenly father will engage in contact with me at any point in time. And he's always there to listen to me when I'm ready to talk. And you know when I'm most ready to talk? Somewhere around 11, 12 o'clock at night. That's, that's when I talk to him, amen. And how could I fault my children for coming down and being, being, being chatty, catty, chatty Cathy's when they come down and talk to me at 11 or 12 o'clock at night when that's what I do to my God as well, amen. Never be too busy to listen to your child, especially a teenager. Last one, number seven. Give them an exclusive environment. What do you mean? Proverbs 15, 13. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. Give them an environment that's happy. Let your home be filled with laughter. Let it be filled with fun. Luke and Shelby would oftentimes be asked, what's it like to be raised in the preacher's house? And the preacher always says, preaching, 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 preaching. I dare say that my children would say, we had a whole lot more fun than most other people. Our house was constantly filled with laughter, cutting up, silliness, having a good time. And it makes for happy children. Be firm, be fair, but be fun. Do not be ashamed of your sense of humor. I'll tell you something. Sarah in the Bible, God said, Sarah, you're 90 years old. You're going to have a baby. <laughs> she laughed at God in unbelief. In nine months, God said, you're going to name that baby Isaac. You know what the name means? Laughter. Right? Learn to laugh at yourself. Learn to laugh at your problems. You'll have a lot to laugh about. Makes life a whole lot more interesting. You want your children to be gifted? I challenge you with just a few things that you can gift them with. And I'm encouraging you to pray for them and lift them up. God wants you to have a family home. He wants you to have a church home. And he wants you to have a heavenly home. Jesus is the great home builder. The devil is the great home wrecker. Amen. Let's teach the next generation and give them some gifts of godliness. You stand to your feet. I'm done.
Maybe there's somebody. You'd come to the altar and say, I need to pray. Preacher, here, my children are grown. They're 40 years old. My daddy told me that his job's not done until he sees his grandchildren, how they turn out and start raising their own family. Maybe there's some young people. You'd come to the altar right now and say, oh, God, help me. I've, I've got problems. I've got issues. I, Lord, help me one day to have a home and a daddy and a, and a mama that I can talk to. And, or, and, if I, and if I become a wife or a husband one day, help me as I raise a family one day to be that one that they can talk to and count on. Come on right now. Maybe you have a grandchild you need to pray for. You need to lift up this morning. Your, your children are counting on you, Mama. Your children are counting on you, Daddy, to get a prayer through this morning. Oh, God, give me hope. God bless y'all. Y'all are coming. Maybe you're watching at home. I challenge you, bow. Get on your face. Seek the face of God. Ask Him, Lord, would you help us? Maybe there's somebody to be willing to come and say, God, thank you for a home that honored God. Maybe you ought to thank you for that today. Father, this morning we want to tell you that we love you. We praise you and we honor you. God, not just because of what you do, that's praise, but God of who you are. You're the Alpha, the Omega. You're the lover of our soul, the forgiver of our sin, the hearer and the answerer of our prayer. God, I ask today, Father, you touch our homes. God, help us to realize today we have a great responsibility is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our might, and to turn around and to teach your precepts to our children. And God, in the Word of God, Father, there's many proverbs. Lord, we could get from the New Testament, the Old Testament, and give Scripture for all these things. And yet, God, who's going to teach our children, God, about courage, about worship? Who's going to teach them, God, about serving you? Who's going to teach them, God, about contentment if it's not mom and dad, help us, Lord, I pray, God, that our children might be blessed. Lord, I have a verse. You know what it is. God, I'm holding you to it, God. Lord, I want to be upright with you. Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm wicked. I know it. I'm undeserving. I know it. But God, my heart's desire is to serve you. And God, you said you'd bless my children and you'd bless my grandchildren. Lord, I don't want one drop of my blood to go to hell. God, I pray you'd help them, Lord. Favor of God. Bless them, Lord. Not just my own children. But God, I look around this church today. Young people singing in this choir. Young people here last night. God, I pray and ask your blessing, God. These are children, God. You've given to me as a pastor to care for, to watch over, to pray for, to protect to be a walls around. God, I pray you'd bless these young people, these marriages, these homes. Touch them, God, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.